0: going on everybody welcome back to another installment of the dogs football podcast here on this friday august 4th to update you guys with everything that has happened in the last month there is tons and tons to get to we will try to dive into it all as football season is getting here closer and closer fall camp is upon us i'm nick malone joined by Noah Lurch, and Noah, we haven't talked in it's been close to a month, obviously, a lot of stuff to dive into, a lot of recent stuff. And we'll open this with talking about the who replaced Mike Reese, and it's a really good one. He's already doing a fantastic job. A lot of stuff to get into, a lot of recruiting that we have to iron out here. And then we'll try to end everybody here with an early depth chart look, we're thinking, before we get into even a season preview, probably the next time we come to everybody. And then we'll have a Austin P preview before we know it around September 1st. So it's great times what's going on.
1: Yeah, definitely fun time. Things are getting rolling here. Uh, like you said, fall camp started first day on the field was yesterday. Um, excited to see guys are out there on the field. I'm sure they're excited as well. Um, here, and then seeing Luke Martin getting hired, it was a shock to us. didn't even think he was potentially on the radar. We had a lot of people that, um, excited about this hiring and uh it's going to be a good one stealing one from uh interconference foe so um a lot to talk about and then season's going to be here before we know it
0: yeah and i re- i said on the previous basketball one whenever they have their open house i was able to talk to mike true who we know is the color commentator for siu football and uh he didn't tell me a name at that time just talking and we talked about mike reese a little bit but he told me they were making a decision, and that was on July 12th. So then on the 14th, they hired Luke, but he told me it was going to come in those coming days. And as we know, we talked on the last one about how much we wanted Russ Eisenstein and some other guys that were options. And yeah, Luke was totally out of left field. Um, and just some tidbits, because he talked to Harry Schrader, who covers SIU basketball, or uh, Missouri Valley basketball, and talked to him on there. And just some stuff we hadn't known previously was I mean, it came within a week whenever he he got in touch with Mike Reese whenever the job was up or was an option, and he asked him if it was the right move for him. And Mike, of course, signed off on it, which is kind of what we talked about with Russ. Like if Russ talked to Mike, Mike would sign off on Russ and it would kind of be an easier process. Uh, but that's what Luke did with Mike because they're pretty close. And then he said he applied for it and everything came – can't, you know, happen in the course of a week. And then he got, he applied and then got hired and all that stuff. And Mike told me, Mike True told me if he, if he was blindfolded and had a, uh, had a dart and threw it at somebody, whichever one of the final four that were there that he picked, he would have, would have been a good hire. But yes, Luke Martin gets the job coming from Indiana state, as you said, it's crazy because we know baseball, they were just phenomenal. He had that run and we talked about how for this job now, you're not doing baseball. It's really just football and basketball, even though the option will be there for baseball, maybe. They'll probably do something different with that. But in fact, uh, baseball for Indiana State was great. We know basketball was great. Football uh has not been great. Um, but and we said, you know, that's a good spot that he's leaving and coming here. But we've mentioned how awesome of a job this is, and Noah, just some some background with Luke. I talked about it on basketball a little bit, but we you know he's a ball state alum. And from their great, uh, you know, uh, school of uh, whatever they have over there with Connor Onion, he talked about that a little bit. Um, but he said, no, that, quote, I won't be filling Mike's shoes as only he could wear them. I owe it to Saluki fans to honor his legacy by being who I am while instilling the relentless work ethic I learned from watching him in my career. I can't wait to earn the respect and trust of Salukis everywhere, end quote. No, I believe Luke's only like, if we did the math, because the background here was he got hired somewhere when he was 23. He was only in Indiana State for like five or six years. And he's a young guy. And we're thinking, you know, Mike did this for 44 years. Luke might not do it that long, but he'll hopefully be here for a long time. No, this is, you've talked about it already a little bit. Some other info that you see on here from from Luke that's interesting. And he kind of touched on stuff he would do here. He's had a heck of a career, and this honestly was the best hire they could possibly have.
1: Yeah, most definitely going to be here. Set up. He's set up and young enough to um, to in the end of his career. Eventually, he can have a legacy potentially like Mike Reese and being here for a while. And uh, hopefully, he can have some of the moments Mike Reese had in his career um, and uh, be able to remember those. So the sports are. going, turning upwards, and hopefully they stay that way in that trajectory so he can have those memories like Mike did and leave his own legacy.
0: No doubt. I mean, he was a part of Emmy Award winning uh, podcasts. He has had a lot of celebrities on shows he had, and he touched on recently in his, or his Harry interview that he was going to start coming out with podcasts, and we know recently him and Mike True just had a video. He's been asking questions there at fall camp. He's just doing an amazing job. Everything we would have Wanted to happen for him and anyone else who covers SIU, he's already doing a great job in that. Um, And he's excited. He's talked endlessly about that. And um, it's just a big opportunity for people. Everyone knows about SIU and the fan base and the coverage that it gets. And it's almost like a must-have job. So he would leave anything for that. Uh, So he was excited to do that. He talked to Harry about that. And we retweeted that on, I don't know, football. We definitely did basketball if you guys want to check that out. This phenomenal hire. Like we said, he's done a great job so far. He's been on the job since like July 24th. So here he is, and he'll continue to do it. They said weekly they'll have stuff, coverage, and obviously everybody will get to hear him this season coming up fairly soon. So welcome Luke Martin. Stealing him from Indiana State. It was a t- tremendous hire that will pay dividends over time. Zero doubt about it. So now, Noah, let's talk about... One of the huge things that happened just in the last couple of days, uh, we were working and just blindsided by certain news. You know, obviously we're, we're within a month of the season, and everything's intact, everything's ready to go. And then you you see something. Pete Thamel, who is amazing with covering college sports, definitely college football, had the breaking news because as we as everybody knows, Northwestern has been going through. Tough times. Pat Fitzgerald, hazing, firing, all that jazz. And it's, it's ironic because he is Nick Hill's mentor, all this stuff. We beat them last year. He's been there a long time. Crazy stuff going on there. He got fired, and it was just a, you know, an effect. Uh, just They promoted within, and all that crazy stuff happened. But Noah, dive into the news that Pete Thamel had that obviously affects us because it fills into what Northwestern's been going through and what, what they're now doing, trying to replace Pat Fitzgerald.
1: Yeah, obviously it was, a uh, kind of a shocker as fast as they fired Pete or Fitzgerald. And, um, now here we are, um, they, they put the DC as the interim head coach for now. And, uh, all of a sudden DJ vocal out of nowhere. I mean, even, um, coach Hill said it was out of the blue when he was asked about it. Um, he's ex accepted a job as an assistant coach. It's yet to be specified. Pete said so um it's just kind of crazy that I guess he has a prior relationship with David Braun, who's a new interim coach, and he's taken an assistant right here. Literally it was the first day of camp and everybody was meeting up and this news comes out. So um it's a definitely definitely a very, very terrible move by him i mean we were giving him another chance to put his name back out there to get another dc job and um coming from where he was on the nebraska staff we talked about when we hired him and it's just it's a bad move it's a bad look for him i mean this is i mean everybody will say well it's still a big 10 job blah 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 but um it's really bullshit that he'd do this right here a month before the season
0: yeah, we've said, especially if, I mean if they're not gonna announce what even job he's doing, he's just an assistant. It's like, of course, you know, if you're gonna get a bigger paycheck, you go there, but you don't leave a month before a season where you are the DC and your whole scheme and everything's been entrenched here, and then all of a sudden you walk out the door. Um apparently it's a big deal if Pete Thamble's talking about it and just the fact that it's coming within a month. It was a couple of days before fall camp would even start. And we've talked before, you mentioned first how like we know Nick has probably been wanting to hire a guy like DJ for a long time. And we know Petrino left North Dakota state that these journeymen that have been everywhere at every level at every conference that bounced around tons and tons of times, once they get the job or the opening back or the opportunity to go back to where they had been for most of their career, you know, in the big 10 or whatever that they would take it. And that's kind of just, you know, you got to be careful when you hire guys like that, even though you want that experience, you want that whatever with hiring somebody like that. So this came out of the blue for us, no doubt. Definitely would come out of the blue for Nick Hill, and that required him to confidently promote Antonio James to new defensive coordinator, who we know was the assistant head coach and was defensive lines coach. And he seemed like the number one guy. When we made our tweets, we were talking because anybody who's a defensive uh, you know, coach on our staff, whether it was Antonio, Gary McGraw, or Mac McLaren linebackers, we know Gary's special teams and defensive assistants. Any of them would have been great. Antonio, because he was assistant head coach, made the most sense. He had been a defensive coordinator before. And Nick Hill was confident in him taking that job. He said recently that the players are going to let he; they're never going to play for another, you know, a better man than Antonio James. And they had some dinner recently that he, I guess, was just, you know, uh, he shouted him out during it and announced it to everybody that was there, or whatever. So, um, fantastic move in terms of promoting Antonio, who's deserved it, and thinking that they won't miss a beat. Even though some players, I want to say PJ or Branson, on their recent interviews were talking about, you know, the whole scheme and how it's, you know, how that's out the door all of a sudden now. So it is what it is, but it definitely is BS that he would leave a month before the season for a non-specified job just yet. So that's one of the leading things here. And of course, if, if Nick's mentor, Pat Fitzgerald didn't mess around, this wouldn't have happened, but who knows? It, it'd be tough to know, and it won't be an excuse at some point, you know, if the defense lacks at times, it's, oh, it's well, it's it's without and it's, you know, so-and-so. So uh, it is what it is. It definitely is crap that he would do this, but we're moving on. And hopefully Defense won't miss a beat compared to what it has, been. he's been here since February. So they went through all of spring with him and all that stuff. So definitely unfortunate, big breaking news that came here recently that took everybody by surprise. That was one of the leading things here. Um, Noah, they had a – all coaches around the Valley had a Zoom call meeting recently, and Nick had his about 20-something minutes long, a lot that was mentioned in this. Um, But, I mean, some of the biggest things, and we'll dive into some of these topics he talked about on there. But, no, one of the biggest ones, and we'll get into the depth chart at some point here, but um, he, he talked about a lot of defensive players, and then Dan Verdun asked him about, hey, you haven't talked about David Miller yet. And then as soon as he could even be done finishing his question, pretty much, Nick said that David Miller is out for the year. And, no, obviously hearing that, it's because we already knew at some points of the secondary was cornerback him and DJ Johnson struggle last year. They needed to get better. Now you don't have David Miller. Now whoever's going to fill that spot, we'll dive into it later. But no, this is definitely news we don't want to hear. Like we said, it was kind of thin back there. Um, and David was some guy you could rely on. But Nick said that he, you'll say the injury of, of Nick said and when he could be back. But no, this is definitely a hit. And again, something we wouldn't know unless Nick was asked because... We would just find out on the sidelines during the game or wherever, and no one would know. So important questions are asked. Noah, this is the big...
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't hear a lot about um, injuries. Uh, we found out about another one that happened last last year with Iverson Brown in the in in training camp that he missed because we knew he came in from Illinois State and could have filled a role in the in the safety position, and found out that uh, he tore his ACL. I think Nick said and he missed all of last year. We didn't, we just wondered where he was all of last season. Never, never heard anything about him. And yeah, thankfully Dan um, caught onto that with um, Nick not mentioning him about the defense, uh, not mentioning him being those guys on that defensive side. So um, there's a lot of guys that can step into that role. There's some adjusting where um, you can move some guys around. Um, we got a pretty good one. I think you can move back to that position, but um sucks for david young guy trenching in from navy i'm coming here so young and learning on the fly pretty much and now now he has a hip injury um he said nick said it was a pretty rare injury um he didn't even know what to call it so um sucks for david to miss this time and just to miss the whole season so um sucks for him and hopefully he can get back right and uh have two more seasons with us after that
0: yeah, it's just brutal for David that you go through the whole process. It is a nagging injury that Nick did say, yeah, and then all of a sudden you get surgery, and then you're out a whole season. you got to be ready for spring, and it's just a process that athletes definitely hate dealing with. You never want to miss a whole season, miss all that time itself. He did say he will rehab and everything, but in terms of nagging and lingering, Nick was saying that, you know, obviously we we talked about him struggling last year, if that was anything with that or anything – but again, it's, it stinks because that's a position we would like it. And we mentioned, yes, PJ started his career at corner. We'll dive into that later. It's like, well, could he fill that spot? Honestly, at this point, not thinking he will off of some things they've been posting from camp and some things uh, that was the most notable of notable of all injury wise. You mentioned Iverson Brown. Yeah. Nick, when he was talking about guys, cause Luke giggling who we know is an uh, alumni recently and, Showed up to games and was a, was a fun follow on Twitter. He he was hired from FCS Fans Nation Radio, and he was on there, and him and Nick were, were bantering a little bit, and he asked a really good question into this defense, and that's what sparked at some point Dan asking about David. But, you no, know, uh, Nick was asked about the defense, and he said, and he mentioned Iverson Brown, saying that he was healthy, that he was going to be a pivotal factor last year before he got hurt and said he will this year when he plays safety. So definitely could look to see him a lot this year. He mentioned Dante Cleveland, how awesome of a leader he is. And he mentioned, that. that's the thing, he didn't, didn't ask about David or mention David. He, he talked about DJ Johnson and all this stuff, Branson and PJ, and talked about all those guys, Zach Barola. Talked about a lot of people, and that's what led into the David thing uh Dante Cleveland will be a big part this year Noah and he mentioned Isaiah Hardship we'll get into all these guys later he mentioned how how good of everything those guys are coming into fall now, one of the biggest topics we took from this which was a very interesting one was he was asked multiple times about Nick Baker and just talking about you know his career to this point what he can do this year how close he is to the records and all this stuff and I mean, again, this is something we'll never know, even though it seems like it's always been the case, Noah. Nick said that they've turned down quarterbacks in the portal over the last couple of years that have wanted to come in there and play, play in this offense. He's turned it down because he wanted to coach Nick for all the remainder of his career. Noah, that's huge because, as we know, if we know it can be a really good offense, and we've talked endlessly about Nick Baker's pros and cons that – uh, really mainly for his size. And if you're gonna turn down like elite sized and good quarterbacks that are happen to be in the portal, we've seen them all across the con- conference that people pick apart FBS transfers a quarterback and it works out a lot. No well that's big time because it's something we would assume, but the fact that Nick said it opens our eyes to uh who the heck it could have been. It could have been a field day, you never know. But that's a that's a big thing.
1: Yeah, definitely it's uh it's it's something that with Nick Baker, we just know – we know – we've seen it and been talking about it since he took over this starting job after the carousel we went through. Um, just – it just – if if you could have found somebody that could have took took this offense to the next level and that really wanted to play in this offense, you just always wonder who could it have been. Obviously, um, you brought in two FBS guys with the prior relationship with – um lindauer who was committed here a senior high school then cincinnati came in late and offered him he went to cincinnati instead Then you had Stone norton from fiu so those are just guys that were with that could have could have translated but he was just we've stuck with nick baker um and obviously he's gonna break all these records so gonna be interesting to see what happens but yeah you always wonder who could it have been as we've seen it time and time again just in our conference, you see, uh, like you said, Theo Day um, at UNI. You see uh, the dude at Illinois State. He's a, he's a Minnesota transfer. You just wonder if you could have taken a, a, a P5 guy and uh, just added him to the room. And if Nick Baker beat him out, so be it. I mean, but Nick Hill is, like I said, he's, he's loved Nick Baker since he got him. And he's just going to stick with him no matter who else is in that room.
0: And it's understood about how Nick Baker was such a winner in high school, and that's what Nick reiterated then. He's reiterated a lot, and no doubt. I mean, even after this year's over, and Nick talked about the young quarterbacks that they like too. But even after the full-on thing with Nick Baker is over after this season, you have to go because it'll be such a transition year with guys you guys you won't have anymore, and relying on the portal big time and young players that we see now, and it'll be a huge transition period to where. You're gonna have to go find somebody if you can. And obviously, groom. You like to recruit and groom quarterbacks, no doubt. But if you can go and stay competitive and do that, next year will be the time to do that. It's just interesting that's, that. Yeah, we probably did miss out on somebody great, and you're right. He could have came in here, and if Nick beat him out, he did. Even you know if if Nick Hill would have just been dead set on him, no matter what. So it is unfortunate because we could have, been even been even more over the top in other facets. And Nick obviously has had an awesome statistical career, um, which he will break these records, obviously, and stuff. So it is what it is, but that's that's notable because we've thought it this, this whole time. And, again, after this year, there will be a big time trying to figure out who, you know, who they could go get and, if, and what kind of options are out there. Uh, so those are mainly the main things from that. Like I said, depth chart mainly of certain pieces and players he talked about. We'll talk about those guys here near the end. Um, Northern Illinois tickets uh, on the 19th they officially came out for sale we actually have to get ours as well we're excited to be going there uh, but they are now on sale uh, Last time we played them obviously was 07 when Nick at their place when Nick was quarterback had a 21 point comeback we retweeted it details are there hopefully we can get a lot of fans up there obviously it's it's near Chicago ish so hopefully a lot of alumni a lot of people can show up for that game those are now available. We noticed how they they came out with new helmet decals. decals. I'm pronouncing that wrong, but new ones. It's cool just knowing how the colors of the helmets. It looks like we're going to have a cursive Saluki lettering on the side this year with the logo on the other and cool decals on the back that say dogs. Very heavy purplish maroon colored uh, helmets. We'll see how those move. We'll talk about uh, jersey combinations down the road, of which ones we like more. But sometimes these helmets don't really match the full-on jersey. Those came out recently. And, no, and these, just because we've seen it in the, when they did the top 10, leading up to training camp and the top plays of uh, last season, a lot of them stuck out. We mentioned we quoted one of the first ones, there's around eight or so, was uh, Branson's pick at Northwestern. It could have had another one for pick six, a lot of plays. Uh, Jacob Garrett's touchdowns, Tice's touchdowns and some strip tackles and all that stuff were on here. A lot of good plays. Uh, Deontay's breakaway against North Dakota was a crazy one. Uh, a lot of cool ones on there. Just rolling through some stuff here. Now I know that, I mean, it's a big one and we could say it for the FCS, but obviously it's overall for our conference. Let's dive into the preseason poll and obviously we have a couple All-Americans for this preseason season. Uh, but no kinda of, we're not really totally surprised of our standing in the preseason poll for the Missouri Valley, but it's it's good standing. Let's dive into those.
1: Yeah, we're not not shocking. I'm you know with a, losing a lot of guys um to to graduating and to the portal that made big impacts on this team last year. Um that you knew we knew we'd probably be right in the middle and uh that's where we ended up. Um we we were picked fifth in the conference. Um obviously not really surprising, like we said. Um, I'd probably have us maybe a little lower, um, I maybe probably sixth, potentially seventh. But uh, South Dakota State picked to win the conference. Obviously, um, the defending champs bring about Konowski, who's only a sophomore at this point with an injury. So uh, North Dakota State, two. You and I, three, with Theo Day, probably the best quarterback in the conference. We said him earlier. North Dakota at four. Um, they're coming, they're one of the only teams besides the States to make the playoffs. of like the last four years, then we're at five Youngstown at six, I would probably pick Youngstown over us, Illinois state at seven. I could potentially pick them over us too. Then Missouri state with obviously their coaching change over the off season and losing a lot of guys, South Dakota at nine, Indiana state, 10, then Murray state and Western Illinois, obviously. the last season, Western Illinois will be in this conference. They're making the jump, which is a smart move by them.
0: Yeah, and it's it's crazy knowing how close they've been in some games with us and some others. And Murray has struggled a lot coming from the OVC in their first year. And, and they're and they're ahead of them. Uh, yeah, heard a lot. Been hearing a lot of hype about North Dakota this year. You're right; they've been pretty successful for the most part over the last couple of years of non those state teams Um, you're right Youngstown because they beat us last year um, you know they and they beat us last year too almost crushed our playoff dreams so they've been beating us the last couple years and obviously I don't recall he wasn't an upperclassman if we don't recall Jaleel McLaughlin he's got to be still there Um, they're just they're really solid and you're right Illinois State you know we won a third place it was a sketchy game you know we know they have some talent, even though they lose like Zeke Vandenberg and people like that. Missouri State, you're right. Coaching change, they're not going to be that high, even with what's his name still a quarterback than those other teams. But yeah, it's either five or six that, uh, and you, you couldn't go wrong. And the votes of three thirty seven for us, three twenty three for Youngstown. It was pretty close. So yeah, you couldn't really go wrong. And obviously they're probably taking into account all the uh, Nick Baker back and some like returning returnees back. That's how they kind of I guess muster up a lot of this. So. Definitely good standing and getting both states this year, and getting some of these teams, it'll it'll make it difficult to uh, live up to the fifth spot. Hopefully, we're clearly, we can be in, be in the top five in the conference. That's clearly ideal and put you in best spots for playoff birth. So, hopefully, that can be that within the top five of our conference this year. If we're not, then clearly we're not going to go anywhere. Hopefully, we can live up to that. No one, then preseason all American team for us. A lot of the guys, because we talked amongst ourselves of who it could be. Really, everybody we assumed outside of one of these honorable mentions. But first team is Branson Combs. Can't go wrong. There's other. Uh, I think there's Buck Buchanan. Uh, I forgot which state team it is that has a linebacker that's up to the Buck Buchanan Award. So like some of those linebacking spots, your whole Branson could make, and he did. PJ is also on the first team as the safety, and then other guys. Deontay made the second team. Hope and Deontay would have been on these lists then no the honorable mentions of Nick Baker and chase Evans, and just looking at that, those five right there, you know those are you know the best players on the team and guys that we know we can stay competitive with 100 percent. No, know, those are probably the, the the five perfect guys. I don't think anybody else could have um, obviously make that you, you were mentioning before about conference wise you told me yesterday about who what other quarterbacks made it over Nick Baker that seemed like kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah, definitely um North Dakota's quarterback. Well, yeah, just the just Theo Day and Mark Anowski on the first and second team. They didn't do a third team. I was thinking they would have done a third team, but they just do that honorable mention. So, um but just on list wise, yeah, North Dakota North Dakota's quarterback made the uh player of the year player of the year list, the potential list over Nick Baker, which Tommy Schuster is a decent quarterback. He's on that list with Nick Baker for honorable mention, but he made the player of the year in the country list over Nick Baker, which is kind of crazy, but um he's a decent quarterback, but Nick is better than him in my opinion. So um I'd even stake uh I'd even take uh, whatever his name at Illinois State over Tommy Schuster, but is what it is. Um obviously that's just a preseason list, so Nick can still make a push for that award potentially in the long run.
0: Yeah, and even t- with Tommy, he's you know projected to be on a good team, but he, he's in like a, you know, we know their backup plays a lot too. So it's not even him 100% of the snaps. We know for Nick, it was for us when we had Javon, I guess it wasn't the case. But we're, if we, we think Hunter Simmons can play some of this special roles like Javon could have last year. Uh, that maybe Nick won't put, but like knowing that Nick will be out there for a, almost a hundred percent of the snaps and Tommy shares it with somebody else. And that's how North Dakota is good in their own way. But you're right. It, it was a different list that Tommy would be ahead of him, And that is definitely wrong. Um, but that is what it is, you're right. Hopefully we can live up team wise, live up to that preseason poll. And those all Americans can live up to those as well. Big years from those five guys for us, obviously. Now, Noah, I mean, we're moving along here. Let's talk about the commits. 2024 has been rolling for SIU. We know um, clearly we talk about every single season. Whenever we get commits, we talk about them, what their high school seasons are throughout the SIU season. And obviously people do commit throughout your before their senior season. And there is a lot that's accumulated here over the last little bit.
1: Let's dive into all these guys. A lot of
0: interesting positions, but a lot of good gets that we've had as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of good gets so far and a lot of guys that um we've we've offered and offers continue to roll and guys we've missed out on, but um just commit-wise so far. Um we got Ben Feigl, he's an athlete, 6'3, 220 from Batavia High School up in Batavia, Illinois. So um that's a that's the first get. Um Ben is a Trying to think what he plays real quick. He's an outside linebacker slash tight end at six three. Probably probably going to fill in more at maybe linebacker because I'll get to a couple more in in a second. But we already have potentially two tight end committed already. The next one is another athlete, um, Lucas Mc McDaniel's six five two thirty from Jeffersontown High School down in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Lucas is another guy. Um, at that size, could come here and play tight end, but he also plays outside linebacker. So um, that's a rare size to be able to get. Also plays basketball down there, so um, that's a good get right there for those two athletes. And getting getting into position wise, um, got two quarterbacks. The first one, Jake Curry, six foot one eighty five from Edwardsville High School. So kind of in our backyard ish. Um, they play. Pretty good football up there at Edwardsville. They've had guys um, – I just remember they had a quarterback or an athlete that played quarterback up there a couple years ago. He ended up at Notre Dame. So Jake Curry's a pretty good at six foot, a little undersized. So um, kind of that Nick Baker-esque body frame. But the other other quarterback is Blaine Sisions, um, a guy that he's, he's learning from a really good quarterback. Um that just happened to so just happened to play um, up at Northern Illinois. We, we play them this year so um, his high school coach was a great quarterback back in the day led led NIU to the P, or the Orange Bowl against Florida State um, way back then. Just funny how all the connections like that happened but 62180 Mount Carmel High School. Um, that's a really good football program. Um, Then a tight end, another tight end, Aiden Morardi, 6'4", 242 from Oswego East High School. Um, Really good body frame for him. So um, with Lucas at 6'5", and obviously Aiden potentially coming here to add to the um, guys we've gotten over the years. Obviously Ryan Schwindeman, he's learned to grow, and Logan Minton at 6'7", last year. Um, Heck of a job for our tight end coach, maybe needs a – Maybe needs a raise. Obviously, we got Nate Griffin there now, but our tight ends are starting to roll at that position. Then an offensive lineman and Jack Lindsey, 6'5, 310 from Owensboro Senior High School down in Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, really big, like i said, we've been looking for over the years, big guys like that. And that's another good one to add to the list. Then going to the defensive side of the ball just happened yesterday. Nate Tronzo, a 6'4, 235 guy. Trinity High School down in Louisville as well. So um, we're hitting the Kentucky really hard. We've seen it. It's always weird to think about guys like that or classes. It was St. Louis two years ago. Last year had a little bit of Georgia, Alabama to it, but this year it's the Kentucky area. Then our last guy, this is a guy where he's gonna change, he's gonna change the line of scrimmage for us immediately. Tyrese Reed. 6'6", 240 from Webster Grove High School. How we get a guy at that size? Must be under-recruited. Um, that's an SEC's type body at that size. So um, our class is loaded so far. It's going to continue to roll, I think. If we have um, success early on in the season, I think you see a lot more guys jump in.
0: No doubt. And all these guys are massive humans. I mean, even Jack Lindsay for alignment, three-star. I mean, we, we were talking about, yeah, you said Nate Griffith, all these guys that are recruiting so good. Even Dan Clark has done a great job with, whether that's convincing, like the Noah Finskis of the world that we know what we're going to rely on and we'll mention here later, like whether it's the whole group effort of getting uh, portal guys, but the whole group effort or Dan Clark's effort to recruit uh, linemen at a high school, and especially if they're three stars. We know, you know, Jimmy Lansing, three star over the last couple of years. Um, but just the fact that he's been doing a great job with them. We know the signs or how he builds those guys up. Last year had great signs of offensive line work, and then there there weren't. I mean, that's kind of up and downs you have. But then this year they go out and get those guys. Hopefully Dan can get the most out of everybody currently. But all those guys are massive. You're right, guys that are tight ends, defensive ends, whichever one they, they keep because, yeah, Schwindemann is a name we'll, we'll talk about here at some point that makes the full offensive uh, switch. That. Maybe that's what a lot of these guys can do, um, but you're right. I mean, a lot, all these guys are 6'4", six, 6'5", six, of some of these positions of linebacker and edge, and you're right. Tyree Shree will be a stud. It kind of adds to those. We've been killing it on the defensive line the last couple of years. We have some freshmen that will have topics at some point about if they're the, some of the freshmen we could even see, because that's how good the 2023 class was. 2024 is off to a fantastic start. With those names, there's been other people. Obviously, there's been tons of still offers. There's been some lists. Uh, Caleb King, 65265, had a top six offers of us, Louisville, Indiana, Army, and, and a couple other schools. that I mean, there's so many other more that we're close with or um, that are accumulating. Everyone's posting about the offers that people did that a couple of days ago. Uh so let's just roll though. you got anything else on any like some more of these offers that stick out to you, or obviously we're not gonna see any visits until the season and what games will show up to we We kind of been talking about if we were gonna summarize them more for not always because there's like we've said there's hundreds if we summarize them more for definitely offers or others instead of the ones that were the lanyards at the games uh but there's is anyone else that sticks out to you that we've been in on
1: yeah just, there's a there's a couple um. One to keep an eye on, and obviously, we can. Um, if we've already offered them and they're making a visit, so that'll be more notable to be all right. We already follow this guy, it's just not a new guy, so it'll be easier to keep track. But um, just talking about more size, if uh, Parker Gitter stood out to me, I'm um, a 6'6, 295 pound um, lineman, so up in Glenwood, Iowa, and there's a bunch that we've offered um, Trey Ridley's a DB at an Overland. Overland Park, Kansas, the number one um, – it says in his Twitter profile that he's the number one DB in Kansas. So um, there's a lot of guys that stick out that potentially um, add to this program. There's guys we missed out on. Um, just some that stick out are guys like uh, Gideon Herbert, a DN that from down in Georgia went to App State. Um, Brady Barrowman went to Ball State, an offensive lineman from up north in Illinois. Um, just some other guys that we've missed out on already. We've missed out on a couple, but, um, they've all went to, like, we had the Iowa, we had Wofford, Arkansas state, Western Kentucky air force. So a lot of the lower level FBS solid programs that, um, we're recruiting with them now. And like, if you would, if we'd have looked at this stuff, um, a couple years ago, um, you want, we wouldn't have had any guys like this on our list. So it just shows you the way that this recruiting and the pro projections we're looking at, if we can keep it up recruiting like this, we're going to be in good shape.
0: Exactly. It's like more and more three stars. It's more and more massive, talented guys, whether they are under-recruited or just in general. They know about, and again, we, we've said it so many years of the Jeremy Chin effect because some people use him as pictures, some don't. But we've also talked about how it stinks how – last year happened with the failed success at the end of the season and a below 500 record. If we've said, you know, we should be making the playoffs every year we did for two straight seasons and win a game. That stuff puts you on the map as well. Imagine if you keep doing that and get these recruits. So it's crazy how we continue to, and just one off season doesn't totally take you out of like really talented players that we are now looking at and and offering. Just the fact that it can continue just the successful road that we continue to have. And whether that's, it's crazy, the turnover in football is unbelievable, whether it's portal players, whether it's coaches, and you're still able to, um, you know, successfully, you know, promote from within or just go get guys that you're familiar with. It's, it's insane. So football is just a massive, big old thing that it can be really good at times, really bad at times. And we've luckily been on the successful end of, a lot of that stuff. So we want to sustain it. Again, it just thinks to how last year ended, but it's really not affecting a lot of different things in recruiting. Our coaches are doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, it's guys like you mentioned some of the, you mentioned some of the schools of players. We like, like Harlan Summers was an offensive lineman that retweeted a lot of stuff we've been doing over the last couple months, and he had a decision date on August 1st, and he chose, of course, Illinois State. Um, so it's guys like that, and some of the three stars have chosen elsewhere, but overall have done an awesome job. For getting certain guys in and again, we'll talk about this list will keep growing. We know 2023's class was pretty big. And um, once we will keep retweeting them, keep talking about them throughout the season and know we'll have everything for what they're if they win, lose, how they did in all these games. We'll do that like we do every single year and what we mention every single time. So a lot of great names out there. We'll continue to have that for you guys. Now, know we segue to FCS a little bit just around the FCS. There was an article from Sam Herter back in June about um, revenue that was brought in from last year. And I just wanted, because we are obviously on here and where we stand. We are currently, if I scroll, I have to scroll a little bit to find us unless I just went right over it. We are, we were 30th in the FCS last year in revenue, 18.7 million, about 59% allocated um uc davis brought in 44.2 it's a lot of even like some of these like south dakota state at 18 north dakota state at 12 illinois state 11 missouri state 10 a lot of valley teams north dakota at 9 seeing us at 30 though 18.7 however that's allocated 59 percent again teams like austin p will play 37 so uh a lot of uh, revenue that, we, I mean, obviously this is notable, seeing it on there and seeing where we stand, that's good for the school, something to obviously bring up. Um, and then there was, there apparently Sam had a, let's see, and Hero also did a article on on most likely FCS over FBS wins this year. He had us pretty high. He had us third with that Northern Illinois game, talked about a lot of uh, players we got coming in. And NIU, what they did last year and everything, he see, seems it pretty likely. Uh, number one on here is Idaho and Nevada. But, again, we are third. Hopefully we can live up to that. We'll talk about them, obviously, in about a month or so before that season happens. But he has us on there. We know, again, we whatever we think about Hero and Sam, he has some stuff that we enjoy talking about a lot. Um, the commissioner of the Missouri Valley had a statement on the 2014 playoff. That won't be in effect this season, but next season we'll have more on that over time. Just to mention that it's been talked about because we know what the playoff format is now. Um, and then there was a tweet on uh returning production around the league that somebody had, if I could go find it, um about and where we stand on that. We are we brought 61.59% of our returning production back that ranks seventh in the league. Um Offense returning production is at 67. It's the defense that's at 55, so that keeps us at that seven. Obviously, 94% of our passing yards are brought back, 60 of rushing, 39 of receiving, thanks to Avante and guys like that leaving. But we'll talk about, thankfully, we have some of the guys we still have here. Offensive line, 78%. Total tackles, 52%, and so on and so forth of some of the defensive stats. So seventh in the league of overall production that we have brought back, 61%. Um, in terms of the lowest on here is 47 for Western, so you wonder why. in or Missouri State, excuse me, they're at 38, Western at 47, Illinois State 56. Hey, South Dakota State, 86% back of their production. That's without Tucker Craft and guys like that, so that's notable. We are on there as well. And then Noah, I mean, as we know, because OBC we brought back, or M- Murray State's coming here from there, that the OBC and the big sky have uh, joined up for a conference. I had a picture. If you know anything on this as well, um, we know SEMO's on there and they're at the top. And um, as we know, there's some other teams on there and they'll feast on a conference like this this year. Um, and that is, if I could find it for me there, pick first. Gardner Webb, though, pick right behind them. UT Martin, we know was good last year. They're right behind Gardner Webb, Tennessee Tech, Tennessee State. Bryant, Lindenwood's on here, Eastern Illinois, Charleston Southern, and Robert Morris is at the very bottom. Very bad program. Apparently, they are. Uh, Lindenwood is almost in the middle of that pack. going to feast on that conference this year. Um, some other things, and then there was a, there was a. Let's see. They had Stan to who does a lot of stuff for FCS, had a predictions for way too early. 2014 playoff or team playoff and he did not have us on here. So just mentioning how it's some motivation for this season. I had the seeds on everything on here. Didn't have us. Hopefully we can prove him wrong this year. So there's a lot of that stuff, know it, and we'll dive into I'll, I'll roll off some more stuff here and then I'll get your your opinion on this last one that we've had that Dan Verdun had. Uh some separate stuff here. Jeremy Chen is an 81 on Madden. And just to remind everybody that they're giving out his bobblehead at the home opener on September 2nd, the Austin P game, so everybody go get one of those. And 81 is very good for Jeremy coming off injury even. Michael Pruitt re-signed with the Falcons, I saw, no, which was good. Somebody had that tweet, and then that Dan Verdun. Biggest impact FBS transfers to SIU over the last five seasons. No, you can look at that and go through some of the players that he had on there. We'll try to come up with some others. But Noah, some of those Jeremy Chin in 81 and Michael back to the Falcons, all good stuff. Um all good stuff there. And then that Danver Dunn
1: thing. Yeah, really good to see. Um hopefully Jeremy comes back um really strong and proves that that Madden rating right because that's a really good rating for him. Obviously, um seeing Michael back, um he he got hurt at the end of his tenure with the Titans and got there and played a little bit down the stretch, caught some touchdowns last year. Um, but Dan Dunn put out him in the Prairie State pick skin um as southern illinois had 56 transfers join its program over the past five years that's 2018 to 2022 which of the following has the biggest impact he put three options put three options of marjorie harper avante cox richie haggerty and he put other you could leave a name below if you want em. but uh four percent voted for that nobody left a name so Um, obviously that poll ended up with Avante Cox at 79%, Madre Harper at 12, Richie at five, like I said, then 4% for the other, but nobody left a name. And, uh, this did exclude, um, Juco transfers. This is just, which is, I wish he didn't because there's a lot of Juco guys. If you go through those five years, um, between the Ralph Leonard's, then you go to Stone Lebonowitz that took us back to the playoffs and won a playoff game. Um, Nigel Kilby and those guys, all those Juco guys we've had that came in and changed his program, um, he's just leaving out of the pole completely.
0: Yeah, I know. And even some of those names you said, that even some of the careers like Ralph ended in 18 and even – but even – he should have done even a little bit longer, and you should include from everywhere. We know FBS to FCS, you know, it makes sense. Madre, we know, came from Oklahoma State, and he didn't even – he had his impactful moments because as soon as he was done with us, he got, like, training camp invites and stuff like that. He was good for us. Avante should have ran away with this, no doubt, 80%. He's going to be the Slutky Hall of Fame. You can't say that for anybody else that's transferred here in the last little bit. Richie, we know was great. It was great last year. Left us for Northwestern. Um, even guys like Clayton, like of other names we were trying to think of here, but none have the impact of arguably those three guys. Can't really argue against him. Uh, for that but avante clearly was going to run away with it um even guys like even Deonte, like we've known who has been here for three or four seasons dealt with injuries but even we you know he was illinois and all that stuff you could have included him because hopefully he has a breakout season this year for us in his final season i say breakout he led us in receiving yards last year he can be great for us avante 80 it definitely sticks out and that is D one so now, Noel, let's get into the present stuff, the stuff that everybody really wants to hear about. Uh, we know, like we say, camp's been going. There's a lot of excitedness between Nick Hill and Nick Baker, a lot of the players about this team. Nick, Nick Baker said he's been a part of winning teams and losing teams. He's got a good feeling about this one. Nick Hill was saying how, you know, for ball camp here, they're doing more afternoon practices, more than morning practices like they were in the spring just a lot of different stuff they're doing to try to do whatever, but they're all excited about this. And um, obviously those are the things that stick out most before we get into the step charts. Even PJ is one of those guys we'll talk about here. He had a draft diamonds interview. We retweeted for people want to go check that out. And he's also on the senior bowl watch list. So big things ahead for PJ uh, this season, as we know, he's been talked about a lot. They've been uh, Luke's been interviewing him, Chase Evans, Branson, all the, Honestly, all the All-Americans, there's really no one else he's talked to just yet. And there'll be more things we iron out over the season. But no, that segues us into the main part of this. that will take a little bit, just a little bit of time to finish out this podcast today about early depth chart options. This is one of our favorite things to do. And we know whenever we come to you guys, the next episode for the season preview, we'll talk about it again. And then we'll try to predict what it'll be before we see it officially. But no, we're going to go deeper than what the two deeps going to have for us when they post it before this season starts. Let's dive into this um, and let's preface it first by saying some players that are not on the roster that we thought would be that apparently aren't. We noticed that just a couple of weeks ago. Easton Wolf safety had awesome moments last year. He's no longer on the roster and neither is Sam Buck, offensive lineman. Those were two that just stick out right away. No, let's dive into all that you rattle up. We'll do offense and then defense. Let's start up with offense, and we'll definitely agree amongst a lot of this, no doubt. We'll just talk about the names that people could see this year, who we think could play a factor, and just what this depth looks like. No, let's obviously start with the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, obviously we know who's going to be the starter, and it's, it's interesting behind him, but Nick Baker will be that starter. Um, he's going to break – Pretty much, maybe all the records in SIU history this season, um, as long as, God forbid, he doesn't get hurt early in this season somehow. So, uh, Hunter Simmons, I have listed as the backup. I think a local kid who um, made the transfer in high school from Mount Vernon to um, a better football program in Marion and just exploded. And I think him and Lindauer is probably tight in the battle, but I'm going to give it to Hunter Simmons. I think. Um, think obviously there's a reason Zabrowski moved out. Lindauer and Simmons are just above him at this point. I think Lindauer could be that guy. Um obviously had a, had the injury last year. We don't know exactly what it was. He was in a sling for a while, so assuming a shoulder injury. Um but Trey Baker is obviously the fourth guy and that's all we have at the quarterback position. We usually in the past couple of years we've had what Seven. Seven, eight guys in that room, but it's only four, and I think that's better. And uh, it's 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 probably tied between Hunter and Michael, but I like Hunter's potential to be that backup guy, and I like Michael to be that guy, kind of more of a fit in the role and be potentially the signal caller because he knows probably the offense and knows a little bit more that can help and Hunter can focus on if he needs to come in or not.
0: Exactly. We've talked about Hunter Simmons could fill the Javon role, maybe. If they want to use him, he's a great runner. He's strong. He can throw and make better decisions of what Javon did at the end of his career. And you're right on Lindar, just because he's got the size that we've been talking about. If he had to come in, I think we'd be confident if he's healthy. And yeah, and Nick said he's confident in a lot of these guys. Trey Baker, I think, will be an option for us down the road. But you're right. Four is what it needs to be, not seven or eight. It's crazy how it just went down like that, and we know, obviously, we've got new, some new commits. A lot of people added to the room at some point, but definitely that. Noah, we'll just go back and forth here. Running back, this is an interesting one because there's a lot of options. This is one of the positions we're confident in most, and you know because he had been number one on the depth chart the last couple of years, he's coming off his own injury. It's interesting to think of where Justin Strong lies in this. Nick was actually asked about Justin by Bucky, With Isaiah, and he only answered the Isaiah part, but I think he just forgot to talk about Justin. Not that there's nothing to say. I know Justin Strong is going to be healthy this year. He could be RB1, but we know some other of these options are behind him, though. Sean Lester was awesome as a freshman. Bright future here. He's going to play a lot this year. Romere Elliott, or Roe Elliott, still here, still good, as we know. And then, no, they brought in Jalen Benefield for a reason, whether that's special teams or to fill the rug. We have a new four-headed dragon and then Noah Jalen Reed is another transfer that came in here. So five good options there. How do you think it narrows down who's ahead of you?
1: Yeah, definitely think um I put Sean Lester as that back. I mean, we talked about it, we've talked about it a little bit. Nick mentioned it in spring when we're right around the spring game, that he would love for a guy to step up and be able to hand him 20 to 25 times. And I think that guy's Sean Lester. Um he's a guy that we've seen as a freshman get in there and he made the most of his snaps. I really like it. It's just I think Rowe or Justin could be that guy, but um the just the little nagging injuries they've had throughout their careers that has kept them from playing every game or be able to play every down. so I think Sean's a guy that he doesn't doesn't have a lot of carries on him, so I think that's a guy that could carry the load for us as a young guy and potentially be a stud. And I think Rowe and Justin behind him, I think Jalen. Um, He's only a junior He can come in, like you said, special teams And be kind of a gadget guy Jalen Reed's interesting Coming over from Western Illinois Also only listed as a junior So he's also a smaller guy at 5'7 So I'm sure that's going to be A special team and gadget guy as well So um, I like those two Then even depth depth behind those guys You mentioned Tony Williams, he's back apparently He Wasn't on the team last year Don't know exactly what happened um, behind him, Zach Willingham-Davis showed up on the roster, a redshirt freshman. The two guys that will probably end up redshirting, and Caleb Wagner, we know the high school career he had. Um, he's a stud and also coming from ING Academy, Jimmy Athlin also a smaller running back at 5'8". So expect those two guys to potentially get their shot maybe, some injuries happen, or play their four games in redshirt. But this is a deep, deep room, but... I really think Sean Lester hopefully wins the job and be that guy we need to hand the ball to 20, 25 times a
0: game. I think they have the perfect mix because Justin's the do-it-all dual threat. Sean's the power. Roe is the speed, like the pure speed. And we haven't seen any of Jalen yet, but he he does a lot of things. He had a lot of success from Eastern, and that just makes sense. And, yeah, special teams, I think. And then all those young guys, you're right. And we remember Javon saying, watch out for Tony Williams. Didn't see him, and then he wasn't on the team, and now he's – it's crazy. But you're right, Caleb Wagner, a lot of those young guys. Deep room, and they were showing video recently of DJ Davis and obviously um, Larry working with the guys, and it looks like a good room. And that's a position I think that we definitely are confident in this year. Hopefully guys can stay healthy because it's, it's a really good room. But that also relies on the big men up front that we'll get to here shortly. But, Noah, dive into wide receivers where we can see there.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of options at the receiver position we can go with here. Um, but I would love to see obviously, we you know Deontay Cox back for his 18th thousand year. Um Isaiah Hartrip off injury is gonna be another one. Then I think in the slot, um there could be a battle here or there, but um Vincent Davis is gonna be a really good special teams gadget guy. Um there's some other guys that could fill that position. Um, behind Deontay and Isaiah, I did put Jay Jones and Zach Gibson to be able to fill in. Um, but a lot of guys where this is a deep position, a lot of youngsters also. Um, but I think that the leading leading five, I would say, obviously, is Deontay, Isaiah, Vincent, Jay, and Zach would be a step. Um, I know a lot of youngsters, Cal Wideman could fill in there coming over from Iowa Central Community College. Um, we did see in the pictures from Camp Day, it looked like Vincent Newsome, the local kid from Marion, I really liked. Um, caught a touchdown. A um, lot of guys in that room, a lot of freshmen, a lot of redshirt freshmen. Devin Walton's back. Brian Brown, Allen Middleton, Ryan LaHood, Cam White. I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of young. It's a young receiving room, but there's some older guys that should step up and lead the way. So... Obviously, I think the top two are obvious, but the the next three, because Isaiah or Deontay is a guy you can move into that slot, slot, slot position and put a bigger guy with Jay or Zach on the outside.
0: Exactly. I think this is another interesting position to where our top three guys are speed demons, but they're also strong. They posted a video. Today of Deontay and Isaiah doing a you know, how you, well you know your teammate and their chemistry is off the charts and those guys are obviously yes will lead the way. Nick was raving about Isaiah's health in his Zoom call. Vincent because we talked about he knows he's related to DJ. We've seen him throughout and Nick mentioned some other just two defenders were the only players that weren't on the team in the spring. They were just new through the summer, so Vincent's been here since the beginning and. He's definitely a guy that will be looked to do all those gadget plays with. Uh, those are definitely the top three. And you're right, because, again, those guys are speed demons. Isaiah and Deontay are strong on their own right, though, will go get the ball. We're hoping that Zach and Jay can go up and get the ball. Um, some of those young guys, you're right. And Date Mitchell, because he was, even with Avante, who played the season at the start of the season, maybe just off depth chart, Date Mitchell was a starter. Date Mitchell will be an option for them this year. I think it will be behind the Zacks and Jays, though, for sure. And hopefully those guys can get in the game and not – Nick won't miss them on throws because that's the thing about opportunity. Once they get into the game, though, they either get missed or something. So a lot of options, like Cal coming. Like he's got experience at the college level, not at this level, but good at a good school and, like, yeah, the Brian Browns of the world. Because a lot of these guys are also going to be filling in on special teams, on coverage and all that stuff. But they get got iron out a lot of that. There will be a lot of defend, defenders, but it could be some of these guys. But – Noah at tight end now, but well, we love the running back and wide receiver rooms. Tied end room is interesting because Noah, as we know, Jacob Garrett, Tyce Daniel, those guys are no longer here and were pivotal parts the last couple of years, obviously before Tyce got hurt last year. You Noah, know, some of these options, it's almost like who can you rely on to be like, not be Jacob Garrett, do similar things. We do have someone that can do those similar things, but be like the security blanket for Nick Baker and, a lot of options here. We know back in the spring, Ryan Schwindeman, who we mentioned earlier, was defensive end, tight end, took some snaps on something, special teams or whatever, but he was catching touchdowns in the spring game and stuff. Aiden Quinn, who we I mentioned kind of fills the Jacob Garrett kind of play style, whether they use him that way. We know Colton Hogue's coming from a good Juco and the Miles Marshall set out last year. Those are, I think, Top four options you mentioned earlier. You can, I mean, Logan Minton's going to be a pivotal factor down the road for this team with his size. But no, out of this group, who do you think leads the way? Because again, options that we know we think can play and do fine, but just a lot of unknowns there.
1: Yeah, definitely a lot of unknowns and kind of a thin group. It's not like running back or receiver where there's a ton of guys in that room. Um, but also, I think Logan Minton will get to see action this year probably like Schwindemann did in four games and redshirt him. But um, just, I think you mentioned a little bit, I think Aiden Quinn does feel, he fills in that Jacob Garrett role where he lines up sometimes in the backfield and as a blocker. Um, then I think you see in more of a Tice role, we'll, we'll spread out Schwindemann, we'll spread out Hogue. But I think if it comes down to it, you'll see if it's two tight ends down on the line blocking, it's going to be Schwindemann. Then I think, Another guy you forgot to mention—he's been here a little bit. Ragnar, I think he can step up and be a blocking guy as well. Um, So there's a lot of options. I think Colton Hogue can be decent as well. But I think spreading it out—I think you'll see Aiden. You could see Aiden behind in the Jacob Garrett role, but you also see we seen multiple tight ends last year. We could spread them out with Schwindemann with the Miles Marshall, Colton Hogue, but. Yeah, definitely interesting the position. To see what happens. Um, I like I like the the mixture of guys we've had in that room in the past, and I think we have a good mixture of guys as well this year.
0: Yeah, and, and even Hogue, who because we've had a lot of guys who are from Butler Community College, Iowa Central, we have a couple of those guys that it's a good school. So you just think when they come here, like Hammond or him or Cal or somebody, you know they can come, maybe come in here and be good. You're right, Ragnar, because they were posting pictures of him carrying the ball and doing stuff. So he will definitely play a factor uh, he's also obviously like a long snapper we know all that stuff that he's he's multidimensional and uh even at the honestly for I was going I was going to Jacob Garrett just because he was so you know, like he was doing stuff last year offensively that he never did in his career so even like if we set a bar for somebody to be like him when he didn't do any of it until his fifth year that, but you're right. Aiden, who played a little as a freshman, he's still a young guy. He will play that role. Schwinderman is just a massive dude. Miles Marshall is pretty big, too. So they have options that hopefully they use and again. We know tight ends are always a security blanket kind of thing. So hopefully some of these guys can step up and do that and be big. And again, that's one of the position uh, groups that's a lot of more unknowns than others so far. Definitely on the offensive side of the ball. But Noah, let's segue to offensive line because... A lot of names here, a lot of good options that we've talked about, a lot of new additions, tons of them. I'll let you dive into what we think even a starting line could be, and obviously who could submit those guys behind him because last year, and Mike Truth said it with his video with Luke Martin, it needs to be better because there was injuries. We know there were awesome stretches last year. Nick Hill said at the end of the season, though, that we need to get better in the trenches, bigger, more elite in the trenches. He went out and got some some of those guys. Let's dive into some of those new faces that we've, I think, already mentioned before, but definitely what this starting line and the and the depth could look like.
1: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I um with the some transfers we brought in and just guys that potentially developing developing, obviously. I think the I think the right side of the line is pretty much probably set from the get-go. Um Chase Evans at right guard, a leader on this team. I think Jake Green. Potentially, he can play left or right tackle. Um, he, he probably ends up at left. Potentially um, being on that, being being that left left tackle we've had for the last year or so. I think he can end up at left tackle or right tackle, whichever they feel comfortable with. Then um, I think the other tackle position. Um, obviously, we saw Abdub Torre a lot last year. Bringing in Noah Finsky from Colorado. Colin Smith was on the roster last year, an Eastern Michigan guy. So um, I wonder which one can win that battle um, for that other tackle position. I think there's a lot of depth, obviously. There with Jimmy Lansing, a redshirt freshman, um, Aiden Duriggs, a freshman, expecting him to come in and get his body right, redshirt. Um, we've seen Jackson Saleys, the West Frankfort product, a little bit. Harrison, Harrison Hagen he played uh he redshirted last year then with another freshman and Blaine Six, Halle- yeah Blaine Hallie um coming in also probably going to redshirt but um obviously Jake Jake Green has one that I would assume he ends up at left tackle um then the other ones up to uh, Abdul Jackson, Noah and Colin I would say and potentially Jimmy all those guys can battle for that last spot um then guard wise obviously I said right guard is is Chase Evans no doubt Um, Behind him, I had Aiden Logan, the Butler Community College guy. Then I had guys like uh, Peyton Mazur, the Christopher product, and Cooper Phelan, a freshman, coming in here in red shirt. Then at left guard, I wasn't really sure. I think it's between two guys. We did see Derek Harden, who is injury riddled a lot. So we don't know. We know Sam Buck started there last year, but he's no longer here. So I put Marcelo Marcelo there, the Cincinnati transfer. I think he's going to – maybe win that job, but I think Derek or Sam Newman potentially um winning that left guard spot. Then centers obviously interesting. You have a guy that came in here from Austin P last year. Maybe he does get the nod against his former team early in the season, Jacob Cawful, the smaller center. Um, but then we've seen it in spring a little bit. You go from a, a little guy, but right behind him, I have John Nally at six six playing center. It's kind of weird. Um Based off the, but we do want to get bigger. So if we go John Nally at center, I think we'll have one of the biggest lines in the country up there with the Dakotas. So awesome Friday at that third slot at the center. So a lot of depth there, a lot of interesting to see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of guy that can win jobs that's come in here. Um, but Finsky, I'd probably lean him for that other tackle spot. So um, I would have Jake Green at left tackle, I put Marcelo from Cincinnati at left guard. I put Koffel at center. Chase Evans, um, then Finski. So um, I like that line. Then depth wise, you're you're set as well because Abdul Salies, Aiden Logan, John Nally, Harden, Sam Newman, Colin Smith, Jimmy Lancy. You're set. But we have seen a lot. Um, we've seen it with this team before. Um, not all these guys will play every snap. We like to mix it up a little bit, keep guys fresh. Depending. What kind of what kind of game it is? If we want to go bigger and run the football because we're up, we can. We can mix some things up, so it's going to be interesting to watch throughout the season.
0: Yeah, this is probably the deepest it's been in a, in a while in terms of options wise, because even because we, I mean, there's been so many like and guys can play you know different positions. The tackle can play a guard and vice versa. Because we were thinking Noah Finski was going to come in here be a guard, and you know a lot of this even has. Segueed off of Bo Branyan deciding to leave, even though we ha- he had a, some eligibility, he was going to be that guy for us. So if you're segueing away from him and you you have these guys, yeah, Jake Green started a lot, and it's interesting to see how they actually narrow this down because again, Finsky they moved him to guard or to tackle from guard, uh, even like uh, yeah, Abe Logan they have him as a guard and he's six 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 seven, so it's like guys that you think could play other spots or so. We haven't seen any like combinations on pictures since spring to know like exactly what that's going to be. Cause you're right. Definitely pin chase in as a starter, hundred percent Jake and then Finsky. It's just, and then callful. It's like narrowing down that other guard. It could be Marcelo, Aiden Logan. Cause Aiden Logan was a big deal whenever we got him. I didn't know if they had obviously the vision of him saying, yeah, we're going to go. We're gonna... He's going to be a starter for us. Marcelo. We've seen him person. He's a massive human being, uh, you know, Strong guy you definitely want to put there coming from a nice school. But you're right, though, even the depth behind those tackles, I agree. Green and Finsky for sure. Colin has to come into his own at some point. This is only his second year. He's still a young guy. He's just massive. Hopefully he can play, and you're right, whenever we switch the line around and some of it's protection, some of it's on the ground, and you kind of mix it up in that way. But Torre was good for us last year. It'd be Derek Harden Jr. He needs to stay healthy because he is talented, as we know. So Sam Newman. A lot of depth. Jimmy Lansing, we hope, can get snatched. Even for a redshirt freshman of a lineman, you think he can get in here. But we, like Jackson Saley's probably ahead of him. That's just what we assume, even though he could probably be playing better than he is right now. Who knows? But a lot of options. And you're right. John Nally moving him to center is interesting because, hey, man, we're, we're uh, you know, really heavy at tackle and guard. Make this switch. You can't even with your size because that's really all we have besides Austin behind Jacob. So it's important. Because Jacob did get hurt last year. So keep the small center with the small quarterback. If Nick can make throws, if John Alley gets in there over him and over that line you were talking about size-wise in mean, the country, then shout out to him. But, yeah, I agree with most of that line that you said, almost 100% of it, no doubt, of the, of the main options we could see be there. I'll, I would like Marcelo to start. I wonder if Aiden Logan, if everything is with that, how they muster up who actually starts at that spot. So, Tons of options there. I would love to hear Nick Hill talk about it and see how that's coming up. Because, again, he said he wants to get really better at that spot. So, a lot hinging on the shoulders of those of those men. And who does what? We'll iron that out later on. Now, know the other side. And, again, we've talked about with the injury of David Miller, who that could be. Let's start with the cornerback position first. And I just put it on here because after I heard of that news, I was like, We'll get into the cornerback depth. It's not the worst in the world, but, again, if David and DJ struggle last year, you still have the same kind of guys behind them outside of some young guys. There's, another, there's a transfer we'll talk about that's in here. I put PJ in here, but I don't think he's going to. He's an All-American safety. He was, first was an All-American corner, and then they moved him. So I don't know what the heck it's going to be for PJ this year. He's going to be safety. Had him on here. But, no, after that, after David, it's DJ Johnson, who we know is going to be a starter. Drake Johnson transfer, Texas State. Mark Davis last year played a little bit, had his bad moments, but he's still buff- I mean he's, he's a nice player. Dre Newman, as we know, Special team's Ace is on here. Charles Young sat last year. He'll be a factor, you never know. You'll dive into some more options, but noah, with David's injury now, it kind of begs us to, to be a little you know skeptical right now because again. PJ's not going to fill that spot. So who do you think does fill that spot outside of UJ? I think it's a must
1: that PJ Jules fills that spot. I know, I know. You have to slide him over. You heard Nick Hill and his presser talk about those defensive guys, and he named two safeties and Iverson Brown and Ubad Steed. I think would fill that role, and just you're too thin at that cornerback position. The only one, the only only one you didn't name was Jameer Khan, and he's a freshman. Right. So I think PJ has to slide back over and take that spot of David. And if you have DJ and PJ. I mean, I think those those are two guys. If they if if DJ is playing at a high level, it's it's shut down, and hopefully it makes it a lot more easier for that defensive line to get after that quarterback. And we get a lot of covered sacks this year, so I think it's a must for PJ to slide over. If he doesn't, it's Mark Davis or Drake Johnson. I think Trey Newman. I mean, he's just he's been so valuable on special teams. He just We've never seen him get a shot on a corner unless it's a blowout game. So, um, obviously, he's just a special teams ace, and he's just yet to get it done. He's only a junior still. But um, if, if it's not PJ sliding over, it'll be Mark or Drake Johnson. Because, I mean, if you don't slide PJ over and you start one of those guys, you're you're thin and relying on, all right, you'll have Drake Johnson start, Mark Davis back him up. But behind DJ, now you're down to Charles Young, Dre Newman, or a, a true freshman. It's just I think you have to slide PJ. Another option is um, he's listed as a, a safety, and I have a free safety in my depth chart. I think he played he played corner a little bit and over at Charlotte, Avion Gross. I don't know if that's a potential option as well, but um, I think it's a must slide PJ over. I, I, if you don't, I think you're in trouble.
0: Very much so, because <clears throat> again they struggled last year. We were counting on the improvement. Drake Johnson, I think I looked at his stats. He just barely did anything in his time there. It's like okay, a good school. Can't rely on a guy like that though to come and be a starting corner, and you know, in the best conference in college in, in the FCS. So it is. It, it's because I would love to ask Nick about this too, and no one, I guess, will because, you know, I would have, after I asked him about David Miller and he said he was out, I would have said, how do you plan on Because it needs to be PJ, 100%. If you don't, then you are in trouble. You can't rely on the guys behind DJ who struggled in his own right. You can't just rely on him because you will get thrown all over the place. And it's not like, again, if you're, if you're secondary and you're, in, you know, coverage, you know, has the stand the test of time in a play, you don't have the Richie Haggerty's on the edge to like, Make it to where you don't have to worry about throwing deep because he's already on the ground. We'll dive into some of those guys, but it's not like you have just the incredible edge presence. We hope we do, but it's just it doesn't ring that way, legitly on paper. You know, none of those like crazy names stick out. So it's not like you can like even it out in that way to kind of cover up your flaws in the secondary. So PJ definitely has to do it. We'll see how they are because they keep treating them as a safety. So we'll see how it plays out. I can't wait to see the two deep in that regard of who is that spot. But no, segueing to safety, you already mentioned some of the names. Agreed. Iverson Brown, if you're talked about like that, buddy, you're starting. That's a no-brainer. And if it's not P.J., it needs to be Ubed Steed with Nick talking about him as well. Those need to be the starters if P.J.'s at corner. And then you mentioned Avion, who can do both. Like I said, Avion's one of the guys that came in this summer. Uh, so, you know, safety's got good depth in that way. Because even if P.J. isn't a corner and you go with the other guys, that's four caliber starting safeties that you can have starting in. Guys behind him know CJ Parson, Desmond Hearns, and Jeffrey Wells, who's been a special team guy his whole career, a really good one. Um, a lot of those options Noah, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Who do you think, besides Iverson and bed, should start? If I missed anybody behind there, who of the names I did name you think could see some time? We you know we saw CJ Parson enter the portal and then he didn't, and then Desmond Hearns made the switch offense to defense, and we saw him at safety this year, and he's going to be a good player as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think. If and when PJ he should slide over, you start Iverson at a strong safety spot, then you put Ubod Steed at that free safety with Avion backing him up. Um, then uh, you have Jeff Wells and CJ, um, like you mentioned, and Desmond Hearn's making the switch from offense to defense. Kate Stevenson making the switch from running back to defense and playing safety now. Uh, then you have a you have a free, you have a freshman coming in and Vinny Pierre probably going to redshirt, maybe see some special teams opportunities. But a lot of guys were, are unknowns. We, we've we seen Jeff and CJ on special teams. CJ's making making bonehead things on special teams, getting penalties a couple times we've seen. But just those guys can really come in. I mean, we've seen Desmond switch last year in the middle of the season. We just threw him out there, I think, on one 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 snap. I mean – Interesting to see, but I think PJ has to slide over. You start Iverson, Ubad, then Avion backing them up with Jeff and CJ um, backing up Iverson once PJ slides out. Then I guess, say Iverson went down or one of the Ubad goes down, you move Avion back. Or if Iverson goes down, you can go PJ back to safety. Then you just risk it with what you have at corner.
0: Yeah, and PJ is good enough to be able to do anything on command. And that's why he's so good as a safety because he can get sacks, moves around the line of scrimmage. Clearly, if you're a corner, you can do corner blitzes. David Miller was a really good corner blitzer. So you've got to replace a lot of things in that way. And now it also doesn't help that you lost your DC. So a lot of things on the fly here a month, in, month into the season. David Miller out and DJ Bokele gone. So a lot of things to iron out on defense. Uh, you're right. And if somebody goes down at safety, I think we're confident who could replace them potentially. So that's a good position that they have all depending Please move over, PJ. So now let's let's get to the second level here. Linebacker. And we know we have an All-American lead the way, Branson Combs talked about it, had the video, quoted it, said he's gonna have a big year, and he will. <clears throat> and behind him though, no, we got some new faces and some interesting ones, because we think one of these guys could be right there with him as a potential starter. And then we got one coming from a big school that we think could iron his way out and well as well. A lot of these guys get those special team needs, but, Noah, linebacker is one of the deepest positions we have. We know Branson Combs and Zach Barola. Even Dune Smith, who dealt with injuries last year, he's going to be good this year. Noah, mention some of those new faces that we've talked about before that people might not still know and where you think they could rank on this depth
1: chart. Yeah, a lot of guys that we could see here, um, you mentioned, obviously, the guys that are going to lead the way. I think the leading pack... Obviously, to start is Branson, Colin Bohannock, the Eastern Illinois guy, Zach Barola, a guy that we mentioned the poll earlier with Danver Verdun. If we're talking Juco guys, that guy's made a lot more bigger impact than I feel like Madre Harper or somebody's. In. Agreed. So um, I think those three with Dune Smith are leading the way. I think Dune is probably more of a coverage guy, so we, he's going to see a lot of time um, since Branson's leading the guys in the middle. And like you said, a lot of new faces or some younger guys. Jake Perella's the Oregon State transfer, only a sophomore. Love to see what he can turn into. Um, I have him backing up Dune Smith right now. Um, then in the middle, Ben Bogle backing up Branson Cones, followed by Corey McCollop and Shane Roth. Those are three young guys that can do a lot at that linebacker spot. Um, Then Zach Westermoreland, he came over from Eastern Michigan and he was a wide receiver slash DB, but now he's listed as a linebacker on the website. So we're going to roll with it. And hopefully, that's a guy that can be in that covered spot as well with Dune and them. And there's guys like Stephen Green, Sam Edwards, and obviously, the, the guy I'm highest on is freshman wise is Miles Wash. I think he could be a special teams ace with the tackling machine he is but obviously I think the the top guys you're looking at Dune Smith and Perella and Western Moreland and more of that um, coverage linebacker role then I think the main three you'll see out there at once are Combs, Bohanic, and Barola I think those three shouldn't miss a tackle if our D-line can't get it done.
0: Exactly and Bohannock has incredible production at EIU we stole a lot of EIU players and He's a really good one. Production is there. You're right. Jake is still young. Oregon State, he was recruited there for a reason, so he does have talent. We could see him. Uh, Dune is good coming from – where did he come from off the top of my head? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, and he's good enough to go there too. Like injuries down him last year, so he's good. You're right. And some of these guys on tight ends and because they're wanting to get it right with Westmoreland like they did a uh, Branson, I guess, receiver to linebacker because of the coverage skills and the ability to catch the ball. That'll be good. I do like Shane Roth. He was really good at times when he came in on defense or in special teams for sure. We're both high on Ben Bogle. He's got all the traits we saw him last year. He dressed for a reason. He's one of the few that did. He will be a big factor this year, hopefully in the revolving door. And you're right, Branson, Colin, and Zach will start. And you're right, they will not miss a tackle we would like to think. A big year, and it sucks for Zach, maybe, unless they use him in those specific ways, because you go from a deep receiver room to a deep linebacker room. Hopefully, you can make the field uh, because we know we recruited him a while back. He didn't come here, and then he did. You kind of want to make it to where he does play, and he very well could, so that's a wait-and-see. Love the linebacker room led by All-American Branson Combs, and now I know a defensive end. This was an interesting one as well. This would have and I guess the next group as well fits the same bell of not sure a lot of, you know, unknowns in terms of like of the depth who you can rely on to get the production that you've had over the last couple of years. Noah, Tim Varga, we would like to think he leads the way on the edge coming from uh, EIU as well. And he had the production. He kind of had the Bohannic production, but Varga is kind of that edge menace we think would like to lead the way. And Noah, there's a name right behind him that, Love since the beginning, and he had his moment. He sat – I don't know if he played in any four games his freshman year, but he played a lot last year. There was one of the plays – I forgot who was it. Maybe the Illinois State to cement that game and a sack. I think Lewis maybe had the strip sack. Uh, no, Lewis Wilbert's going to have an awesome year. If we penciled him in as a starter, we like to see him because he's – we've we've kind of – and you, you could say it again. We've talked about it so many times. He kind of has Micah Parsons in him to where – he could be a stand-up linebacker, but he can also be a menace off the edge. We would love to see it. And Noah Devin Cowan, who I mentioned is one of those guys with Avion Gross who came here in the summer, all of a sudden was on the roster, and we said, okay, that guy. And Nick Hill talked about him a little bit as well. He's going to be a great spot. So you're already looking good at your first three potentially, Noah. And then you got Dewey Green, who was second on the team in sacks last year in limited snaps. He fills that same role. Great. So there's your top four, Noah. And talk about some other guys that could be behind them including a freshman we love as well from this 2023 class, but in all those top four, how do you think they rank in terms of depth starting in the season?
1: Yeah, definitely think you're going to see it in different roles. you got some guys where we've seen in the past with Jordan Burner, he can inside, outside. I mean, I think Vargas has got that type of skill set, along with a guy that's kind of just been a role player, and he's good at it. What he does, he plays his ass off, and Adam Hundemir, that's an inside-out guy as well, but – I think Varga and Lewis get that, and I think Dewey and Devin are just going to be in their pass rush roles kind of thing. Um, then behind him, there's um, a lot of new faces. Obviously, Caden Reeves and his brother's been here. Um, he's he's a sophomore now. Hopefully, he, he can get right. Um, then, obviously, there's a lot of freshmen. Jamon Mathis is the one you were thinking of that can potentially make an impact right away, a three-star guy. Um, then there's just a lot of unknown behind him. Amir Dwight, we followed all last season. He committed early like these guys have this year. Elijah Gunn, another Georgia guy. Um, then um Joe Brumley, Levy, and Max Bremer, two guys that are probably red shirt. Um, but a lot of lot of a lot of interesting names. I mean, those top top five of Varga, Green, Wilbert, Cowan, and Hundemir, are pretty good depth. What we haven't, we've been feels like we've been kind of Kind of thin the last couple of years. A lot of guys, I mean, feel like Burner and Anthony Knighton played a lot of snaps for us, but we can rotate guys now on the outside.
0: Yeah, and it just seemed like last year, Richie just had, he had Dewey across from him, but again, Dewey had limited snaps-ish and was really productive, but uh, Richie didn't really have that guy across from him last year. We were hoping it was going to be RJ Aribo. We've talked about him going somewhere else, so I do like this first five, and I think this is a position that, you know, obviously they got to get to the quarterback, and some guys are going to be, you know, hopefully all these guys are good in the run and the pass rush. A lot of that stuff that goes into all positions. But yeah, that first five, I think we can count on. And we do have a good depth behind him. You mentioned with Caden and maybe some freshmen. We'll see. But uh, I think that's one that we can, you know, put down on the side of like some confidence going into the season for sure, led by those guys. And it still says, you know, it's 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 my position on the website. Lewis is still a linebacker, but we know he can be an outside fill in an edge and stuff. I think that all. You can go with one other. You mentioned inside, outside. A lot of that stuff can happen. A lot of – hopefully a big year from all those guys. You could – whoever starts will be okay with because we know the second batch will be really good. Um, now, Noah, I think if we were ranking in terms of positions of a little bit of unknown going into or, like, I'm not going to say, like, total non-confidence but just leaning towards that way more than, like, totally, and maybe not, but we know a guy that we can count on, and that's Cam Bowdry leading the interior – Heard last year, he's obviously one of the main guys this year. He's going to have an awesome year. He's good at the run. He's good at r- r- rushing the passer if he has to. Then, no, it's just behind him, and you'll get to some of these names. But a name that Nick Hill said on his thing, we've heard it a lot. Even before we talked about him, we said Dante Cleveland, hopefully, is going to fill a nice spot. Like Phil, because, you know, Keenan Agnew was a leader as well. Didn't really have the most, like, stats, t- statistical production in his career. But Dante, can, who also hasn't had that in himself, an older guy, Nick Hill said he might be the oldest player in college triple, which he's not. We know of a lot of older ones. He is really old, though. No, you know, if he can make the most out of his final year, hopefully he can start next to Cam if we're doing the 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, whatever we do. No, you know, those guys are the starters. And then behind him, we like the Jalen Banks of the world. But even behind him, you can name some others, some other interesting freshmen. But how do you think this one ends up? Definitely
1: think... In that in that interior, you got to start Cam and Dante, the two the two seniors that have been through it last year, and can just be that quality start we need on that line because we've got a couple guys behind him that's going to be interesting. Obviously, we're high on Jalen Banks, was a three star redshirted last year. Um, then on the other side behind Cam, I think Peyton Reeves. I think um, if he can if he can make that next step in his development. Um, then switching another guy switching from offense to defense is Ryan Chanley. I think that's a guy where they went to and said, hey, man, you can develop as a as a guard and be really good, or you can get on the field potentially this year. And he makes a switch over to D-tackle. Um, then another guy that has just been a, a role player and played when needed is a senior in Devin Love. I think that's a potential guy that fits in here as well. Then you have a, a freshman in Carmelo Smith that's, Potential he could play right away with his body size, but um, potential four games in shirt type thing. But interesting, but obviously, I think Cam and Dante get that role. And I could almost, even if it's depending how the game's going or something, like I said, you have a guy in Tim Varga, I think you could slide right next to Cam, and you could put one of those other pass, rush, pass rushers on the other side of Lewis, and you could be pretty deadly. Yeah, I think
0: Antonio James is going to iron this out to where we would have expected even if he was still just defensive line coach. I think there are, there are some options there, and I think it does rely, though, on – because just speaking of Devin Love, as you said him, I do have him on here for sure, of like fourth in line potentially of, of depth, that he was, a, he was a starter last year to start the year. He was ahead of Dante Cleveland, and then he kind of phased out, you know, as the season went on. Uh, but just I love Jalen Banks because he was one of our highest ranked players in SIU history, honestly, of course, like 24-7 or rivals. He's a massive dude, and he was – he was. Uh, I think there were some games. He didn't fill the four games at all. I think there were some games he dressed. He was just – it just looked like he was part of the team and some things they would post. So you'd think this year he'd be a big factor. He's massive. I would love to see him crack the the second unit out there at times behind those guys. And you're right, Carmelo Smith's a massive dude. We'd love to see him potential, but you're right. Ryan Chanley, he's a strong dude, and he will definitely – you're right. Guard, be good in about two more years, or defense tackle and play now. It's a great point by you, and we like Ryan. He's good on Twitter. He tagged us in the post today. He's still pumped. Hopefully, he can earn a spot and play. A lot of these redshirt freshmen can to help with the depth this year. So, if we're ranking, like, before we get the special teams in terms of, like, I'd say the top three position groups that we'll have to just a little bit worry about this year, barring PJ to corner, is tied in corner and defensive, defensive line, even though, a lot of them have good options. A lot of people can move elsewhere and do a lot of things. But just, I'd say those are the three position groups with some unknowns. Because obviously, talking through this so far, these, we kind of alluded to that anyway. So, uh, everywhere else is pretty solid. And I think those spots are solid, too. So, we'll see how it irons out and what the two deep looks like in about a little less than a month. So, now, no finishing out with special teams here. We know Jake Bumgard is the guy, still the kicker. We know he had his moments last year, did miss some big kicks, but also had some big kicks. He was, he was pretty efficient. I don't know what the exact numbers were, but we know he's still the guy. He's still got crazy eligibility for what it's worth, crazy. like Last year was like his full, first full year as a starter. Following the footsteps of Nico, of the things we've said multiple times, but no, behind him is where it gets interesting. It's, it's the same guy still. It's Jake, and it's Thomas, and it's Chase Reeves. But, no, we know Jake is going to iron this out, whether he's still in kickoffs or that's still Thomas at kickoffs. Iron that out, in your opinion, of just what happens, even though we know Jake's still going to start. And then punter, Noah, which is arguably you could fill them in with the position groups of unknown and worry and maybe a little bit of unconfidence because of how bad it was last year. Of Who could maybe uh, rival Nathan Torney for snaps this year and then dive into, obviously, long snapper and then who you think returns.
1: Yeah, definitely think at kicker is obviously going to be Jake. Um, then with Thomas, probably going to be backing him up. Um, I think um, they give a development year for Ethan. Um, I think he Ethan Eden needs to take some development and potentially. I think if he wanted to, he could probably steal the job at punter instead of kicker. Then obviously Chase has been here a little bit. So um, Torney's got to be a lot better. Um and obviously, looking at other positions, obviously long snapper probably going to be Ross Pager again. Ragnar behind him. Um, then freshman Jace Clark from Carbondale is going to redshirt behind him. Nick Baker at holder, and like you mentioned. Uh, Thomas Burke is going to be the kickoff specialist. He's got a pretty big boot. Just thinks, just don't think he can win the the field goal kicker job. Um, but returning. Um, A lot of interesting – we always put our best players back there, so I went ahead and marked down Isaiah Hartrip to be our our kick returner. Um, I think he potentially – him and Vincent Davis back there. could see Jalen Bennofield, Jalen Reed, um, then some other guys I just jotted down quickly. You could see back there potentially two redshirt freshmen and Brian Brown or Charles Young, who was really good in high school at it. And I think a freshman, and if you gave him a shot, Alan Middleton – He's almost a track star, so I think you could pick him back there. The punt returner, I think it's probably going to be between Vincent and Jalen. I don't think Isaiah gets back there for punts, but I think they will put him back there for kickoffs. I
0: think this – these will be a breath of fresh
1: air, I think, because we've talked about a lot.
0: Javon, Bear caught a lot, made bad decisions. We know he he keeps catching it above his head. He could fumble at any moment. He never did. But just just the breath of fresh air with new people back there. And I do think those first three you named of kickoff and then punt, it's it's going to be Vincent, Jalen, and Isaiah for those. Holder for Nick Baker, hopefully not. He almost got killed at Simo two seasons ago, uh, which is crazy how it's been two seasons ago already. But uh, hopefully someone else can take that, whether it's a backup quarterback at least. We know Nick's great at it, but just those kind of scenarios you want to avoid. But yeah, returner-wise, those speed demons, and I think because we mentioned Jalen Benefield's in a four-headed dragon at running back, that this could be where he, uh, for sure. And we know the whole fair catch thing in college and everything. Hopefully, we can bring a lot of stuff back. But you just want guys back there you can trust, and if you can burn them, you do it. We know we saw um, what's his name, uh, the uh, the receiver that was there last year. We only got one season. I don't know. Why I'm blanking. I'm bad with names when we get on here. Um, he was a returner. He broke off some at, at some point in the season. He was hurt and then came and played in Northwestern. And then from there on out, we, we tweeted about him. Bryce Miller. Bryce Miller. He was, he was awesome at it. You just like to see those guys burn it if they can. Uh, but again, just guys you can trust back there. I think those top three, we can, and you mentioned Jalen Reed, some others that could be back there. Charles Young was phenomenal in high school. You mentioned Alan Middleton. Those could be things again. You see, special teams in general, like I said, coverage or anything, you'll see some of these guys out there. Um, and hopefully, we are leaning more towards not getting as many out there that you have to rely on on either offense or defense of starter caliber guys. Hopefully, that's behind us. You never know, but then I think and a thing that I've had on here for a while of you want to be able to rely on this is like the new era of like relying on younger guys to help you and trust their development that you get those guys on there. We know. Um, Coach McGraw will do an awesome job of special teams like how Dalman did last year. You need to get all that out of these guys. So, hopefully, we can get better kicking this year overall. And obviously, punting for sure, way more worrisome over kicker. Need better punts, flip the field. Things we didn't do last year, and Nick mentioned that a little bit in special teams. It just needs to be better, clearly. And hoping, praying to God, it is. So, that is the roster for you guys. At some point, before the obviously before the month is over we will have a season preview that's everything from schedule that's topics of other different things we would like to talk about before we get into obviously that Austin P uh preview will probably be on September 1st the day before you guys can kind of expect that again this season maybe some days before all depending upon when we can do it at our most convenient times um but overall just a an awesome time some excitement amongst everything there's a lot of stuff going on um and the fact that we're here, a lot of you know the whole DJ stuff's crazy going into this, but on the bright side of stuff, Luke Martin's done great. So we're going to get all the coverage we want, and it's I think it's going to be a solid season for people to just show up to games. We mentioned the schedule. It's difficult. We're thinking we have some, some talent to, I don't know, just make it a solid season. That's all we can hope for. We'll dive into more of this, like I said, more topics overall. In this 40th season, last year we won the Natty, so let's make it a special one, Noah, your final thoughts.
1: Yeah, obviously excited. It's here. It's starting to get in full things and getting to see. Um, just looking forward to September second. Um, I asked off the other day for the NIU game. That's going to be exciting. Obviously, really, I mean we're get, we're going to get to see the first four games in person. That's going to be pretty exciting. But um, excited for it. Can't wait to. Hopefully, um, Luke Morton gets more interviews, and we know he will. And he's he's mentioned a podcast. Hopefully. Um, that gets in full swing too. So excited to see that waiting for it to get here. Um, picked fifth in the conference. I mean, that's a good sign because usually we have four or five teams that make the playoffs. So hopefully we can live up to that top five in the conference finishing up there. It's going to be a tough season. we got a pretty hard schedule, I think on the road and stuff. So excited for it. Can't wait for this month of August to fly fly by here so we can get here to September 2nd.
0: Yeah. I want to say August is always a month that flies by because there's nothing going on at all. So um, you said it, I was going to say, yeah, we're going at least the first three or four games and a lot of our first however many games of the season are on the road. So they, the boys definitely will be tested. It's going to be so much fun getting to watch them play. Like we love going to SEMO and stuff, but NIU will be, will be really fun as well. You're right. We both took off for that already. Just got to get tickets. And we know those will still be available for a while. So we'll get those at some point. Hopefully everybody else does as well. Um, you're right. It's a season where, again, let's just, you know, it's a fifth. You want to just get back to the playoffs. You want to, and we'll talk about all this in the preview, but it's just one of those seasons again, when you flip the page after this season, it's going to be a lot of turnover at the most important position on the field, but a lot of other things. This is like, we mentioned a window a lot. This is a window to have success in this one season right here, new faces on the staff and the, And on the team, we're hoping that it can translate to a good season. We'll talk more about it when we come to you guys next time. So,
1: for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, see you before the month ends. Go Ducks.